God is so here. And he wants to do something new. And he is doing something new in his church. Something new where we let the Spirit have his way. And it's just great to come into the church where there's no program. Just what does God want to do? And I'll tell you what he wants to do this morning. I have this, when Nikki uh, started to speak today, I just heard the expression, slamming the door on fear. That's what we're going to do today. God is going to slam the door on fear and anxiety. You can be seated. Hallelujah. And I haven't got a really a prepared sermon. I just scribbled a couple of notes. But this is the best way. When the Holy Spirit gives you a fresh word for the people in the morning, in the, in the meeting. Uh, I want you to open your Bible, though, to Psalm 23. And I want to just talk about David here. And... Uh, what God wants to do. Some of us know this psalm off by heart. Oh God, send more rain. Hallelujah. More rain, Lord. More rain. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want us to focus on, yeah, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You know, I've heard the type of preaching that, that actually will say to you, you know, if you're right with God, I sort of grew up around this preaching. If you're right with God, you're not going to have too many challenges and you're not going to have too much drama in your life because the sign that you're right, right with, with God is that all that stuff leaves your life and it's a lie from the pit of hell. It's, it's kind of hyper-prosperity. This is God. He's, all he's going to do is give you a good, comfortable life of blessing, ease, and comfort. But, you know, David is the portrait of a kingdom man. Jesus is called the son of David. So if you want to know what a kingdom man or woman, but I'm not, you know how it is. It's not, you know, all this gender nonsense these days. It's just all rubbish. Um, but David is a portrait of a kingdom man, person. You want to know what we're supposed to be? Look at the life of David. He's flawed, but he's got a heart after God. That's why he's a kingdom man. But, but David knew his challenges. David wrote this, and there was many, many times where he was, he was completely right with God. This is, you can say, well, what about with Bathsheba? This is even before he fell with Bathsheba. He was completely right with God. He was walking with God. He was anointed by God. He'd been used by God to pick great victories. Yet in his experience, God had led him to the, this place where Saul was trying to kill him. And, and almost daily for a season, he, he, he didn't know whether he was going to die today. Like Death was right there. 
death was just right with him. And he goes, yeah, but I've learned something. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, because death has shadows. Some people see them. He goes, uh, I will not fear. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And see, it, it, it's very important because I believe we are entering a season where you and I are going to face, I just believe, difficult times. You know, there's, there's wars, there's even talks of, you know, this war that's going on as it could spread, that we could get sucked in. And in the spirit, everybody knows. Anyone who's a spiritual person knows in 2019, something has changed in our world. We're going to go from darkness to deep darkness. Because we're, I don't want to digress here, but the season of grace is ending and the season of God's righteous judgment or tribulation is beginning. That's where we are on God's clock. And so it's getting darker and it's getting darker. And maybe there will be a nuclear war. Maybe there will be. You know, we talk about shortages and there should be famine. But when we speak about this, you've got to be careful that that does not open the door to a spirit of fear. Now, I want to tell you, it's a spirit of fear. Because 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. So fear, it's not just in a negative emotion. Fear is a spirit that wants to break into your house and take up residency in your heart. And what it does when fear comes in, fear completely neutralizes and paralyzes. You see that in John 20. Jesus had given the disciples the command to go into the world. He'd been with them. He said, the Holy Spirit will be with you. Go into all the world. But when Jesus was resurrected and came to them, they weren't in the world. It says, they were locked in a room for fear of the Jews. They were paralyzed and neutralized. You know, and, and, and fear will neutralize you from walking into God's destiny for you. If we don't know how to slam the door on fear, when it comes, you need to know how to slam the door in its face. You see, fear, the way Satan works, faith comes... This is the way God works. Faith comes from hearing. Where does it come from? From hearing the word. Now, faith is from God. It's from the kingdom. Satan is a counterfeiter. Satan produces not faith. He produces fear. And it's been many, many, said many, many times, faith, fear is really faith in Satan. It's kind of complex, but it's almost true. But what uh, fear comes just the way faith comes. Fear comes where you hear a negative word which is satanically inspired. That's how fear gets in. And you don't recognize it and you don't deal with it and you don't tear it down and you don't use the weapons of war that you've been given. It, that word could be, you're going broke. You're going to die from this. You'll never recover from this. 
they'll never come, that a child will never come back. Your marriage is over. You never get. This is these are the words that Satan speaks, and when we agree with them, when we hear them and agree with them, it, it opens the door to the spirit of fear. And, and it's 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 Satan's favorite tool is fear and intimidation. You see this in Matthew chapter four. Jesus, I've preached on this before, but I'll return to it. Jesus says to the disciples, he gives them a promise. He gives them a word. It's a great word. He says, I'm going to use you, and I'm going to take you to bring deliverance to a man who's on the other side. This man was tormented, and he was suffering. He was demon-possessed. And Jesus said, you can see it in Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Jesus said, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. So they have the word of God. They're going to the other side. That's the word of Jesus. But what happens when they start to move with that word, with the promise that God has, he's going to use them with deliverance. It says, Satan sent a storm. There's storms that God sends to correct you. Jonas was one of them. But there's demonic storms that Satan sends to stop you getting to your destiny. And this was one of those. And when... They saw the storm when the storm came. Instead of speaking to the storm as Jesus was teaching them, they saw the, the, the storm. It produced fear in their hearts. And what did they do? Jesus said, you're going over. What did they say? The very opposite. They said, Jesus, don't you care? We're going under. And see, this is why Satan wants to... Put fear in you, and this is how he works with fear, because Satan knows the power of the word and the spoken word. He knows the power of your confession, and he wants you to prophesy against your own life. God gives you promises, and they're prophesying against their own life, the very opposite of what God said. And God has said, you're an overcomer. That's his promise. He says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. That's what you should, should confess when weapons come. But if we don't control fear, we end up prophesying death over our lives, death over our families, death over our finances, the exact opposite of what God says, because we believe in what we've heard from the devil rather than what we've heard from God. So it's very important. You know, there's a man called... We got time. Yeah, we got time. Lots of time. It's raining. Uh, there's a man called. Uh, there's a man called. Uh, I, I find this incredibly fascinating. There's a man called uh, Jeroboam in the scriptures, and this this is just what it just indicates what a fear thought can do to you. I've said many many times, it, it, we are all going to experience scary things. We are human. We are going experiencing the emotion of being afraid. But that's different to allowing fear to come in and determine your actions. Any action you do as a result of fear, and by the way, in the church, that's often masqueraded as wisdom. Oh, yeah. Fear action is often motivated as wisdom. I remember when God told me to go to Pakistan. I had pastors ring me and say, you, you shouldn't go. This is, this is like, this is not right. You know, this is a 
People weren't going in those days. This is like a dangerous place and you've got a church and all the rest of it. And it sounded so wise. But if you've heard from God, you've heard from God. I've heard from God. Any action you take as a result of cooperating with the emotion of fear will be destructive. It will not lead you to where God wants to take you. Look at this, this man. This is quite in, in, incredible. It's in 2 Kings chapter 11. And uh, sorry, I lie. It's in 1 Kings chapter 11. God says to this man, he says, he says uh, Rehoboam is no good. He's listened to the advice of, of, of young people. And God's just had it with him. He's Solomon's son. And he says, I'm actually going to, this is, this is where, when Israel was all one tribe, one nation. He says, I will tear the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and all ten tribes and give it to you, Jeroboam. And he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant, this is Rehoboam, for the sake of Jerusalem, because they have forsaken me. He goes on to say, verse 35, but I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand and give it to you, ten tribes. And to his son, I will give one tribe that my servant David will always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem. But listen to this. So I'll take you and you shall reign over all your heart's desires and you shall be king over Israel. Then it shall be, if you heed all that I command you, walk in my ways and do what is right in my sight to keep my statutes and command you. As my servant David did, I will be with you and build you an enduring house as I built for David and will give Israel to you. This is incredible. He had the same promise given to him of King David. He had the promise that he would be just like King David. He had the promise that God would give him <coughs> and he would reign over everything he wanted, his heart's desires. What a promise. What a, that, was, that was God's plan for his life, to be just like David, to extend the kingdom like David. David was undefeated in every battle. And whatever he desired, because God is a good God, God wants to fulfill the desires of your heart if you have a kingdom heart. He wanted to do that. But what happened to this man? i tell you what happened. It's quite astounding. If you fast forward to, to chapter 14, it says that God tore... Just as I tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you, because you have not been as my servant David, but you have done evil. You have gone and made yourself other gods. Therefore, behold, I'll bring disaster on the house of Jeremiah. I'll cut off from Jeremiah every male in Israel, bond and free. I'll take away the remnant of the house of Jer Jeroboam as one takes refuge until it is all gone. The dog shall eat whatever belongs to Rehoboam. So what, what, what changed this man from being the, given this great promise of God, this great destiny in God, this great plan, to being totally condemned and judged by God as a failure? Well, if you turn to uh, <clears throat> chapter 12, there's an incident. <clears throat> Jeroboam is given the kingdom. He has 10 tribes. But he is in the north. And Rehoboam is in the south. He only has one tribe. 
Now, where did the people worship? They worshipped in the south at Jerusalem. So it says that Jeroboam is said in his heart, verse 26, now the kingdom may return to the house of David. If this people go offer sacrifices in the heart of the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of the people will turn back to the Lord, Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me and go back to Rehoboam. Therefore, the king asked advice and made two calves of gold and said to the people, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. What am I saying? I'm saying he had this great promise. But when he looked at the people, see, this is what, this is what fear is. Fear is Satan's dark room where the images that your mind creates get developed. Here's a man. He's saying, the people go down to Jerusalem to worship. Let them go. God is with me and he's made me a promise. He doesn't say that. He says, they're going down to Jerusalem and this is where fear takes over. That they'll go down, they'll, get, they'll see Rehoboam, they'll get attached to Rehoboam, they'll leave me and they'll come back and want to kill me. It was all a lie, but it was all fear thoughts. And when he acted out of those fear thoughts, the fear thoughts produced action which made two golden calves. Those golden calves caused more evil, not only in Israel in his days, but for generations to come. They were a cause of all of Israel's apostasy. And it came out of actions which come out of fear thoughts. Every action you take which comes from fear is destructive to you. It's destructive to your family. That's why you've got to slam the door on fear. When you, when you recognize the emotion of fear rising, you've got to apply, stand and apply the promises of God to your life. You know, Matthew chapter 14, Peter, he starts to walk with Jesus. He's going to walk in the supernatural. What does it say? He nearly had a watery grave. Because it says, Peter says, Peter said, do you want me to come out in the water? And he did. He started to walk in the water. Jesus said, come. When he had walked, come out of the boat, he walked in the water to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And then he began to sink, crying out, Lord, save me. Because fear will sink you. Fear, it will sink you. It will neutralize you. It will paralyze you. It will steal your destiny. And you know, fear, it says in, uh, I think it's 1 John 5, 4, 4, somewhere around there. But it says, fear has torment. But perfect love casts out fear. When this spirit of fear comes into your life, it torments you. We might call that torment anxiety. But it is tormenting and it is not God's plan for your life. Do you know most of the things, this is why we're told not to be anxious. Being anxious is, is wrong before God. Why are we told not to be anxious? Because most of the things that, that the devil wants you to be anxious and fearful about, most of the things never happen. And you have been given 
grace for one day. It's why Jesus says, do not be anxious. Look at the birds of the air. I'll turn to the scripture in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said about your material things. You know, you may be worried about whether you're going to have enough uh, food because, you know, the world is saying there's going to be shortages and, you know, cost of living pressure and all that. Jesus said, I say to you in verse 25, chapter 6, do not worry about your life, what you eat, what you drink. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather there, but, but your heavenly fat father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his nature, to his stature? And then he goes on to say, uh, if God clothes the grass of the field like this, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what will we drink? For all these things the Gentiles seek, for the heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. He finishes by saying this, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What does he mean? He means God has given you grace. For today. That's what it says. He has given you grace for today. You have grace to live today. And every day, in every day you live, there is a certain amount of blessing in that day and there are a certain amount of problems and challenges. But you have grace for that day to live and to overcome and to believe God and be victorious. But you don't have grace for tomorrow. When you worry you are taking tomorrow's problems and you're bringing them into today so now you have double the problems and you don't have grace for that and that's why you start to go down that's why you do not worry you do not meditate on tomorrow you just focus on today that's how you slam the dip the, the, the door on anxiety You know, uh, as I said, challenges are not going to stop coming. Challenges are going to come. But you must understand that those challenges, and you must know how to not allow those challenges to open the door to the spirit of fear. You must know how to slam the door on fear Keep the door to fear shut. And how do you do that? 1 John 5, 4 says, faith is the victory. It is so important. There's a scripture, faith. Faith comes from hearing the word. And there's a scripture, I think it's in John chapter 3 somewhere, it says, let God be true and every man a liar. That's what someone of faith must know. Like, God's made me a promise. I can read all these newspapers. I can hear all these opinions from man. But if God has made me a promise, let God be true and everything else is a lie. That's, what you, that's the attitude of a man of faith. That God has made you promise. You know what he said when you go through the challenges, when you get attacked, 
God has made you a promise. No weapon formed against you will prosper. When you go through challenges, God has made you a promise that everything will work together for your good. God says the enemy will come in, but when the enemy comes in like a flood, he said, I will, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a stand and a banner. And when the angels see that banner, they come and defend you. That's the truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. But you've got to be able to hear the Word of God, know the Word of God, and proclaim it in the face of the devil when challenges come. You've got to know how to slam the door on fear. Because I'm hearing so many Christians, they speak about what's coming and what's coming down the pipe, and it all sounds like wisdom, and it's just fear manifesting. You know, you know what? You know how to you know how you overcome fear. This is this is this is so profound. If you turn to uh, well, first of all, Jesus, when the disciples were speaking fear words when the storm comes, what was Jesus doing? He is asleep in the boat. Now, now, why was he able to sleep? It was a hurricane. The boat was filling with water. His feet were wet. Because you know why? Jesus, when he was baptized in the Spirit at his baptism, he heard a voice. This is an experience. What did the voice say? You are my beloved son. It's just not knowing about God's love. There's a difference between knowing that God is nuts about me. He rejoices over me with singing. And my wife may love me. My children may love me. But that's not perfect love. When I know who I am, a child of God and how he really feels about me, I know that no one can take me out of his hands until he's done with me. Perfect love casts out fear. And that's what you, you know the Apostle Paul, it says when they said they were going to behead him, history said he ran to the chopping block because he knew his time was up. God had done, before that he never feared a thing. Perth, do you know how much, do you know how much God, the creator of all things, loves you? A lot of people know God so loved the world. You know that scripture that he gave. But they don't know that God loves me. You must have, like Jesus had, it was a revelation at his baptism that God loves me. Because it's perfect love. Not the love of your wife. Not good love. It's perfect love. And the only person who loves perfectly is God that cuss out, slams the door on fear. And Jesus had no fear because he knew he was held in the arms of his father. Isaiah 43 says this. It says, But know this, says the Lord who created you, you who formed you. I believe this is a prophetic word. O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I purchased you with my son's blood. I bought you back. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Therefore, God says, if you're a true Christian, you've been bought with the blood of Jesus. You are no longer your own. You belong to him. And he has responsibility for you, not you. You are his property. And he says, when you pass through the waters, 
doesn't say you're not going to pass through the waters. He says, when you do, like that David passed through the valley of death, you are going to pass through waters, and those waters can be terrifying. Those waters can be flood waters. And he says, when you pass through the waters, and he says, through the rivers. And he says, when you walk through the fire, there will be fire in your life. There will be times when you feel, you know, fire brings great heat. There's great heat being applied, pressure being applied to your life, to your finances, to your family, to your health. Challenges coming to your relationships. And he says, but when you go through the waters, when you go through the rivers, when you go through the fire, this is his promise. I will be with you. If bad times are coming, the only thing that matters is, is God with you? His anointing, his glory, is he with you? He's with you. He's with those who are with him. And if God is with you, think about this. He says, I will be with you. They shall not overflow you. You shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. And I'm saying to you, Christian, the same God says, when Jesus rose from the death, I will be with you and never forsake you. It means his presence will be with you in the storm, in the fire, like those Hebrew boys in the fire. Jesus was with them. And he says, the fire will not scorch you. They came out of that fire without even smelly clothes. And you will come through every challenge. No weapon formed against you will prosper if you believe it. Everything that happens to you will work for your good if you believe it. Those family issues, those financial issues, if you trust God and stand on his word, it'll all turn around for your good. But you must know how to slam the door on fear. Because when you go through those waters, when you go through those rivers, when you go through that fire, the devil comes and says, this is it. Like Peter, you're going under when Jesus said he's going over. So when you see weapons coming against you, weapons coming against your health, your family, your business, you're going to say, I, I, I know the rep weapon is real. I'm not denying reality. But God is with me and he said, no weapon formed against me will prosper. This is the faith. This is the faith. Jesus said, when I come again, will I find faith on the earth? There's so much fake faith in the church. But faith is knowing God is with you. It's knowing the word and the promise God has given you. And it's standing on them. And when you hear the voice of the enemy, and you will hear it, saying, you're a goner, you said, I'm rejecting that voice, and I'm standing on the promises of God, which says, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. There's a person, I don't like that wooing, by the way. Shout in the spirit, but I don't like that noise. Uh, there's a person in the scriptures. It's in 2 Samuel. I like him. I've pre preached to him a number of times, particularly to the men. And it says here, it says, 2 Samuel 23, his name is Shammah, and he's one of my heroes. And it says that uh, 
after him was a man named Shema, the son of Agai the Hararite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. You know, this is just a picture. The enemy came. Everyone felt the terror. It says, when they came to take his lentils, it was his, and the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know that? The enemy comes to steal what God's given you. Enemy comes to steal your peace. Enemy comes to steal your marriage. Enemy comes to steal your destiny. Enemy comes to steal your children. Enemy wants to steal. And the enemy came to steal something God had given this man. And when the enemy turned up, because they were, they were fearsome, everybody fled and said, it's too much for us. They just gave in to fear. But I love this man. This man stood and slammed the door on fear. And he knew the promises of God that said to Joshua in chapter 1 verse 5, no one will be able to stand against a man of God who stands on my word. And he stood there with the word of God and he stood there on the promises of God and he stood there and he would not let the enemy, enemy, enemy steal what he'd come to steal because he stood on the promises of God. And you know what happens when you stand on the word of God and you slam the door on fear even though you can do nothing and all you have is a word. It said, then God brought about a great victory. God enters your battle. When you stand on the promises of God and you do not be moved by what the enemy is saying, this is when the power of God comes into your life, into your situation and turns everything for your good. But you must stand on the promises because faith is the victory. And the enemy will come. The enemy will come to, ste to steal. He will come to kill. He will come to destroy because that's his will. That's his nature. But this man knew. God has made me promises. I'm not going. I'm going to simply trust God's word. And come what may. I'm not fleeing. I'm not opening the door to fear. I'm just going to stand on God's promises. Even if I die standing on them. He said, I'm going to stand on what God's told me. When he did, the power of God came. What I'm saying is, I felt Nikki say this morning, you know, there are, David walked through the valley of shadow of death, darkness. There are dark times coming. Isaiah speaks about, you know, floods and fires. You know, we're going to go through, I just know, we're going through a season of difficulty. It started in spiritual. It started in 2020. It's not over yet. Time is going to get hard for Christians. But do not 
Do not allow your mind to become that place where, you know, as I said before, it, it, it's the dark rooms where negatives are developed. Do not allow your mind to project what Satan's trying to say to you. Do not look into the future and begin to worry. You only have grace for today. But believe every day, my God has made me a promise. He is with me. Even if I fail, he'll never forsake me. Even on my worst day, he's never going to forsake me. He is with me. And I will not be scorched by that fire. Those floodwaters, when they see rising, they may come right up to here. But at the very right last moment, he'll make them subside. Because his grace is sufficient. And he, when he says he's with me, it means he's with me to sustain me. I, in the spirit today, in the spirit today, I just believe God is shutting the door, if you believe it, on fear. It's slamming the door on fear. Slamming the door on fear. Recognize how the devil works. How he speaks. How he wants you to come in agreement and act from fear. But how to know your God. Stand on his word. Proclaim his promises. I want to tell you, faith is a victory. Faith is a victory. Do you know how much God loves you? The time to know it is when you're going through it. When you're going through challenging times, when you go through difficulty times, it's so important to know not to deny the difficulty, not to think something's wrong, but just, you know, you know what you've got to know? This is what Peter didn't know. You know that storm on the lake? God knew all about it, and he allowed it. It was a lesson to be learned. It was teaching times. You've got to go through stuff to grow. If it comes to you, if it gets to you, God has allowed it. That's what you've got to know. If it gets to you, He's allowed it. He didn't, he's not the author of it, but he allowed it. Nothing wrong. Just lay there and say, God, you allowed it, but you love me. You're with me. There's a lesson here, and it's everything at the other side. When I come out the other side, it's going to work for my good. Shout it in the face of the devil. It's going to work for my good. And the weapon I see, yeah, I see the weapon of illness. I see the weapon of this. I see the weapon of that. I see it, but it shall not prosper. Shout it in the face of the devil. And shout it in the face. It doesn't matter if I sinned yesterday. It doesn't matter if I failed tomorrow. My God is with me and he is loyal. He is not up and down, God. He has made a promise when I trusted in the blood of Jesus that he would never forsake me and he will sustain me through every situation. That is my God. That is my God. Praise God. Put your hand on your heart. Put your hand on your heart this morning. Father God, I want to thank you that you have given us your spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he dwells inside me.
And he is the person, the spiritual person of God, the Godhead. Father God, give me revelation today of what it really means that you are with me, that you will never forsake me. Give me revelation of what that means. Father, give me revelation of how faithful you are to your promise. That, Father God, you perform. Your power still comes into human situations like it did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That when we stand and we believe that we are still able to go through stuff and come out of it unsinged. We are still able to go through fires and come out of it completely protected. Father God, in the name of Jesus today, I slam the door on fear. Let every heart slam the door on fear today. I declare that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over all anxiety, every phobia, and I break your power today in Jesus' name. I declare you today, every person free from anxiety, that spirit will leave you and it shall not return. But the spirit of faith, kingdom faith, will come into that heart today. You shall hear the word of God. You shall get revelation from the promises of God. And you shall see the victory. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Told you sermons that are ad hoc are better. God is with us. He is faithful. And you will not be paralyzed anymore. You will not be neutralized anymore by fear. But you will overcome it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Stand up and praise Him.